So despite the fact that the Big 12 Conference just had the best season in the country by a mile, the NCAA Tournament Committee decided, you know what, we're going to screw this league before the NCAA Tournament. That's what we're going to do. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com is where you find us covering the Big 12 Conference. Thank you as always for being here for Joining us on the show, coming off an outstanding weekend here in Kansas City for the Big 12 Tournament. It was great. I'll get to that towards the end of the show. But um, let's just start with this. Uh, Brackets came out on Sunday. Seven Big 12 teams make the NCAA Tournament. That is the highest percentage of any conference in the country by far. The SEC and the Big 10 had eight teams. The Big 12 had seven. But, of course, percentages. Uh, Big 12 has the nation's highest percentage of teams that made the big dance this year. And all year long, one thing we all agreed on was what? I mean, I don't care who you were a fan of. We all agreed on the idea that the Big 12 was by far the most difficult basketball league in the country, and it wasn't all that close. It wasn't all that debatable. So what ends up happening? What does the committee end up doing? It ends up hosing Kansas... It left Oklahoma State out. Those are the two most obvious and egregious ones, but there are other things to talk about as well. So let's just start off with Kansas. Kansas got a one seed out west instead of being in the Midwest region. Now, the reason that matters, the reason that's a big deal is because the Midwest Regional is going to be hosted in Kansas City for the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight games. Uh, that is basically a home game for KU if they could get those games there. That's a really big deal. And uh, Kansas had earned that. They won the strongest league in the country, and they got to the Big 12 Conference Tournament title game. And by the way, they did it without their head coach, Bill Selfs in the hospital for the tournament run. Like, if they had lost, let's say, to West Virginia in the quarterfinals on Thursday afternoon, I would have been like, you know, I kind of get it. They got to the championship game, and I know that they lost by 20 points to Texas, and they lost to Texas twice in the last week, but you got to be kidding me. The game last Saturday didn't matter. They had the regular season locked up, and yes, they had the home crowd on Saturday night in the Big 12 tournament finals, but no Bill Self. You know, Jalen Wilson's the only one that could score, and Texas played great. But still, everything I always understood from how the committee goes about doing its business is they look at this and they say to themselves, okay, we got a couple of teams here. What makes a difference? Winning your conference tournament is impressive, but it should not supersede November, December, January, February, and a week of March. That's not how it should work. And that's apparently what the committee did by giving Houston the one seed in the Midwest and giving Kansas the one seed in the West region. Now, let me just tell you, and here's what the committee had to say. The committee had to answer to some of this um, on CBS, and of course they asked about this, and I thought the answers were very weak. Here's what the committee uh, officially said on CBS. uh, This was the comments from Chris Reynolds, VP for Intercollegiate Athletics at Bradley, and he is the Men's Basketball Committee Chair. He said, you look at Houston, they're a combined 15-2 and two in quad one, quad two games, compared to Kansas, who is 21-7 in quad one, quad two games. And he says here as well, quote, Houston, they were competitive in all the games they lost except for today, 
And we understand today they were without their best player. And so for that reason, we kept Houston at number two. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Houston, you got a Houston team that he ad- he knows and he admits did not win the conference tournament in part because they didn't have their best player. They also play in the AAC. If you play in the AAC and you're that good, you should be able to win an AAC tournament title. If you are that deep. That is the lamest excuse and the lamest reasoning. Let me tell Mr. Reynolds and share a couple of facts with him. You look at strength of schedule, and this is frankly all that should matter. Strength of schedule in the country. Kansas, one. Houston, 96. You heard that right. Kansas, one. Houston, 96. I could see the quad one, quad two records coming into play if you really want to play that game, if all else is equal. When you've got one team with a 96 strength of schedule and another one with number one, you have got to be kidding me, NCAA Tournament Committee. And let's just forget quad one and quad two. Quad one is what should matter here. You know, you can make stats say whatever you want. Quad one record, Kansas, 17 and seven. Houston, seven and two. Kansas had two and a half times the amount of quad one wins as Houston. Two and a half times. And by the way, if Houston was playing 24 quad one games, I don't think they're going 31 and three. You know, in the Big 12, this is what gets lost in the conversation, and this will lead us into Oklahoma State. What gets lost here is every single night, there are no off nights. There's no, hey, you know, I got to play a top 15 team, but then I get to play two games in a row against teams that, you know, are not even going to sniff the NCAA tournament. That's not the case. That doesn't happen in the Big 12. Every single night is a grind. There are truly no nights off. So for Kansas to get as the defending champs, and, you know, that probably shouldn't matter, but still, the fact that Kansas gets disrespected like this after reaching a conference tournament finals, same thing as Houston did. They both lost their championship game. Oh, but Houston was missing its best player. I guess Jalen Wilson should have taken the night off if Kansas was going to lose anyway. Take the night off, say your best player's got a twisted ankle, and then you'll still get a, you know, preferential treatment from the committee. I know. I I know this is first world problems. Kansas is still a one seed. But when you had a chance to punch that ticket to a final four through basically your hometown in Kansas City, 30 miles down the road from Lawrence, um, you know what? That's a bad deal top to bottom by the committee. Bad job by them. And I don't know why. I can't quite figure out what their beef was with Kansas this year. But considering this team won the best conference in America by a mile, not by a mile, but confidently, and then got to a finals without their head coach, jeez. And, and by the way, you have a team out of the AAC. All due respect to the AAC, this is not the ACC in basketball. This is the AAC, and that's how you treat them. Uh, they got host. Now, Oklahoma State also got host here. 
Oklahoma State was the first team to miss the NCAA tournament. We know the Cowboys were advocating for themselves uh, to make the big dance. They had written letters to the uh, tournament committee and everybody else. It did not work out. It did not make a difference. They were the first team out of the NCAA tournament. Now, I'm looking at that, and I'm saying, okay, well, you can always say just win one more game here or there, and you're in. All right, I I can buy that to a degree. But when you're going up against teams that you're clearly superior to in things like net ranking that make a big difference, I think the Cowboys got hosed here. Oklahoma State had a net ranking of 43. The two teams that got in, two of the teams that got in ahead of them, Pittsburgh 67, Arizona State 66. Oklahoma State in the top 45 did not get in. Those two did. Now, what did uh, Chris Reynolds say about this? He said about Oklahoma State, you look at their resume, they had 18 opportunities in the quad one, and they only won six games. They went six and 12 in quad one games. And they had opportunities in their non-conference schedule to win some games to enhance their resume and they fell short. Uh, that's basically what he said about Oklahoma State. Now, okay, uh, you could have an extra game here or there, and the big difference. That's fine. But once again, Oklahoma looks like it got punished, similar to Kansas. Oklahoma State got punished. Why? Because it was in the best conference in the country. That's what this comes down to. That's what happened here. And that's a sham. The NCAA Tournament Committee should not be punishing teams because it plays in the best conference in America. You've got to be kidding me with that. I mean, that's just, that is completely, completely ridiculous that that's a conversation that we got to have. Are you kidding me? And by the way, as one of you rightly point out, well said on Facebook Live, West Virginia beat Pitt by 25 points? 25 points West Virginia beat Pitt by. And West Virginia lost to Oklahoma State in Stillwater, 67-60. And then they ended up beating them later in the year. But still, I like, come on. You've got to be kidding me. When you look at like-minded opponents, that's ridiculous. That is completely ridiculous. Now, Oklahoma State didn't play well down the stretch, and that hurt them. You know, Oklahoma State's got to look in the mirror, too, a little bit here and say, hey, we lost, let's see, six of our last eight games. And that loss to Texas in the Big 12 tournament quarterfinals where they scored 47 points and they look completely lifeless, uh, no doubt that's problematic for them, and that hurt them. And you know what? I Like, it's a long season. You get an extra win here or there, and things dramatically change. The Cowboys, no doubt, were not playing their best basketball at the end of the season, and that hurt them in a big way. And ultimately, it cost them an NCAA tournament bid. And what would have been a record with 80% of this league making the NCAA tournament. So I'm not sitting here being completely sympathetic, but I am saying when I compare Oklahoma State to some of the teams that got in ahead of them, I'm not seeing it. I'm not getting why the Cowboys were on the outside looking in and everybody else, at least some of the teams in front of them, are sitting pretty darn pretty tell you that right now. In fact, you look at the last four in, Mississippi State, Pitt, Arizona State, Nevada. Only Nevada had a better net ranking than Oklahoma State. Mississippi State, 48, Pitt, 67, Arizona, 66. 
So I, I don't get it. Um, and considering this was the best league in the country by a mile, I look at those two examples of just a couple examples of how the Big 12 uh, did not get the credit it deserves for the season that it had. I mean, even Iowa State and TCU, there were talks about those two teams being five seeds. And instead of five seats, they were six seats. I didn't get that. Now, Iowa State has a nice draw where they could end up playing in Kansas City in the Midwest Regional. So maybe if you were to ask Iowa State, hey, do you want to be a six seed in the Midwest or do you want to be a five seed somewhere else? They may ultimately take the six seed in the Midwest because it could lead to a Sweet 16 and an Elite Eight game in Kansas City, which is Hilton South. It would be wild. But if not... If that doesn't work out, then, you know, Iowa State's saying, how are we a six seed? They got to the Big 12 tournament semifinals. They didn't embarrass themselves there by any stretch. So that was a big surprise, too. And then TCU, another team. There was talks about them getting a five seed. Instead, they got one of the first six seeds, and uh, TCU finds itself in the West Regional. And tough draw, by the way, in round two if they get there. They're going to have to probably play Gonzaga, the three seed. So they didn't get any favors either in the way that uh, these games drew and the way that the Big 12 ended up getting these draws. I, that, that is difficult. I mean, you look around this conference. Uh, meantime, the other two teams, three teams, I guess, that got in. Baylor's a three seed in the South Regional. They've got UC Santa Barbara in the first round and then Creighton or NC State in the second round. And then Kansas State as well is a three seed in the East Regional. They'll play Montana State and then potentially got to play Kentucky or even Providence, you know, in the second round. So uh, those are tough games as well if they end up winning their first game. And then West Virginia is a nine seed. We expected that. They'll play Maryland. And uh, then they likely get Alabama, the one seed in the South, in round two if they're able to pull off a win against the Terps. So all in all, a lot of what we expected, but the biggest outrage is Kansas. Now, I know a lot of you on this show around the Big 12, unless you're a Kansas fan, of course, are not going to have an enormous amount of sympathy for the Kansas Jayhawks. But come on, we're all Big 12 fans. We all should want the Big 12 conference. And I say the same thing about college football in non-conference play. We should all want the Big 12 to play Great basketball and great football when they're playing games outside the conference. It only helps the league. It helps your wins. Heck, it helps your losses, right? Every Big 12 fan should be rooting for every other Big 12 team in this NCAA tournament, unless, of course, they're facing your team. That's how it should work. And when I'm looking at this, I'm saying, okay, seven teams in, but the draws are tough across the board. And a couple of teams, most notably Kansas, got absolutely hosed here by the committee. And there's no excuse for it. So as I look through uh, each of these regions, I mean, you got a balance here in terms of where the Big 12 teams are at and where they're going to be playing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's going to be great. We're going to fill out our brackets this week. We'll put something up on the message boards as well. And uh, be sure to join us there at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm your host, Pete Mundo. Subscribe on YouTube. Share on uh, Facebook Live and, of course, on the podcast. You know what to do. Take 30 seconds out for me. Leave a rating, review, subscribe, and we'll get you hooked up with a free Heartland College Sports koozie. That's the only way to get one of these Heartland College Sports koozies. Oh, I didn't mention Texas. I, someone's going to accuse me of forgetting about him. 
I was not trying to dismiss Texas or be disrespectful. I just, you know, after a crazy day, I knew I was going to forget somebody, and I forgot Texas. I'm not trying to forget Texas. They're the two-seed, of course, in the Midwest Regional, which means they could end up right back in Kansas City where they just won the Big 12 tournament. So kudos to Texas. And I do wonder, too, how much of Texas beating Kansas the way they beat Kansas got them a higher two-seed, and the committee tries to separate top teams and conferences by region as best they can. So that could play a role. We don't know for sure. We just got that single answer I told you about earlier on the show as to why this went down the way it did. Now, uh, let me tell you about the Big 12 tournament. We were there all week long. Myself, Matthew Postens. By the way, we did a great taste test of all the Big 12 eats. You can find that on our Twitter page or our Instagram page. If you're not following us on Instagram, you should. We have a ton of content that's getting pushed on the Instagram page over the last uh, few months or so, really building up that brand beyond what we have typically done because now we've got the staff to do it, which we're excited about. And why do we have the staff to do it? Because you're coming to the site, you're listening to the podcast, you're watching on YouTube, and all that stuff is allowing us to reinvest every single thing back into heartlandcollegesports.com. So a ton of stuff going up on Instagram. Be sure to follow us there. But if you follow us there, we had a great content all week from the Big 12 tournament. We did a taste test for all the Big 12 eats. There was one food for every school um, that the Big 12 had available at T-Mobile Center. So go see that on Twitter or Instagram. And then it was just, you know, they went for the NBA All-Star type weekend. And they had entertainment. I was at Fat Joe on Friday night. And I'll tell you what, if you told me I'd see Fat Joe perform twice in the last eight weeks, I would have said you were nuts. But I, <laughs> not because I don't like Fat Joe, but like, you know, I'm not like, if, fat, if you're thinking about diehard Fat Joe listeners, I'm probably not the blueprint for it. That's, you know, just a fact. I'm just spitting facts here. That's all we do at Heartland College Sports, okay? I'm not the prototype for a Fat Joe diehard fan. But I saw him at the AFC Championship game here in Kansas City. He played um, at halftime between the Chiefs and the Bengals. And then on Friday, they had a VIP uh, get-together, which I was invited to by a couple of friends in the league. And he performed there for an audience. And, you know, he was good. He was entertaining. He was still talking about how cold he was at the AFC Championship. (laughs) Like, dude, you probably went back into a suite. I was sitting there in Section uh, 104, you know, for three and a half hours. You're barking up the wrong tree, my man. But he was great. Good personality. Um, Put on a good show. Performed well. Crowd was into it. So, clearly... uh, he was here on behalf of Brett Yormark. He gave the new commissioner a couple of shout-outs. They seemed to uh, know each other pretty well based on the interactions I saw and whatnot. And then you had Shaq playing at Power and Light on Saturday night. Now, I'm not going to lie. When Kansas got blown out by Texas on Saturday night, and Shaq's sitting courtside, and he's sitting there with my friend, uh, Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas, who comes on my Kansas City radio show every week. When Kansas is getting blown out, and it's a damp 40-degree day in Kansas City. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. And then they announced that um, the event was going to be free instead of costing 20 bucks or something like that. I thought, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh, I hope Shaq gets a crowd. Well, the videos 
the pictures, 7,000 strong at Power and Light. Uh, Shaq was outstanding. I was not there for the Shaq events because I was just wiped. Listen, I got two little kids. I got daylight saving time coming up Sunday morning. I was out till 1 a.m. with Fat Joe on Friday night. There's only so much a man can take. I'm just saying. Uh, but you know, So I wasn't at the Shaq event, but I saw the pictures. I had some people send me some private videos. It was outstanding. And this is just the beginning. This is just the start of what Brett Yormark and the guys around the Big 12 want to build this weekend into. And I can't wait to see what next year holds. This is what they pulled off in, what, three, four, five months or so, laying the foundation for future years. It's going to be awesome. And my, my message to you who don't live here in Kansas City, who are here for the tournament, is this. Our weather is not always this bad in mid-March. I'm sorry it sucked. I'm sorry it was raining and cloudy and damp and dreary all week. It could have easily been 65 and sunny. Unfortunately, we can't control the weather. But just know the future could be a whole lot different. So don't think that we're all sitting here doom and gloom in March in Kansas City. Last week, it was like 70 degrees here. So that's the Midwest for you, as many of you know. But I am so excited to see what is next, where this goes from here for this league that is planning bigger and bigger things around this tournament. Now, there was something that's starting to gain some steam, and keep an eye on this. The women's tournament is moving to the week prior to the men's tournament, starting next year. So instead of having the women play a municipal, they're going to play at T-Mobile Center the week before the men play their tournament. This was put into place by Bob Bowlesby. This was not a Brett Yormark thing. And the reason they did that is because they wanted to give the women the best locker rooms, amenities, facilities, things like that. So it was done in good faith, but now you're hearing some coaches, Iowa State's women's coach is starting to talk about this, and they're saying, hey, we're getting great fan reaction and interaction at Municipal Auditorium, which is kind of the backup arena in downtown Kansas City. It's walking distance from T-Mobile. You can go from a men's game to a women's game, women's game to a men's game, and walk five minutes either way. It's very convenient. But Municipal Auditorium is, you know, it's, it's not an NBA-style arena, which is what T-Mobile is. So they wanted to do a solid for the women, but coaches are starting to say, hey, this is not going to be great for us because fans aren't going to show up. What fans can take off a week for the women's games and then another week next week for the men's games? Who's got that kind of a job? The beauty of this current setup is you can take off one, two, three days, whatever you want to do, and you can catch an incredible amount of basketball. Iowa State fans can see the men's and the women's team play all weekend. Same thing for any other fan base, depending on how far your team gets. And the fact that you now have coaches pushing back on that is very telling. I don't know if they can change it by next year. I have no idea. But it's worth watching because if enough of the women's coaches and athletic directors and more start talking about this and saying, hey, we like working with the men's tournament, there might be something there. And something else they could also consider. It might not work with 14 teams next year, but it would work after that. You could do the whole tournament in one week at T-Mobile. You'd have to start on Monday. You'd have to go till Sunday. But you theoretically could play the men's and the women's tournaments in one arena over seven days. The WAC does that, and I believe some other conferences do that as well. So it was a great week here in Kansas City. 
Uh, great to see some of you. Thanks for saying hi, for talking about the show and, and reaching out and telling us how much you like the site. We could not do this without you. We've been doing this now eight, nine years, and it started off with me and a laptop, and now we're reaching millions of Big 12 fans every month here on Heartland College Sports. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm Pete Mundo. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast. Share on social media. Follow us, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And we will talk to you guys all week long as we get you set for this outstanding, exciting 2023 NCAA tournament. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.